Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Prep to Pivot. This is your host Ruchira and today we will be deep diving into the world of product management with our expert guest Ashmit Pandari. Ashmit is a senior product manager at Innovacer and has been working on different product roles since the last 2 years. He started off his product journey at Geo as a product manager where he handled the IoT healthcare devices vertical. He has close to 3 years of software development experience at Cisco where he worked on a multitude of networking devices. At Innovacer, Ashmit takes care of an online product used by care managers in the US and in his free time he loves to read and play the piano. Thank you so much for coming on the show today Ashmit. It's a real pleasure to have you here. So let's start by uh, deep diving into your professional journey a little bit more. So can you tell us about your journey from Cisco through Geo and finally as a senior product manager at Innovacer? What are the kind of products that you've worked on and how has your experience as a product manager been? All right. So uh I started off uh at Cisco as uh, a software tester and uh you know when I joined uh, Cisco I was just you know responsible for you know testing out uh, features that had already been developed i was just tried out a btech and i i pretty much had no idea you know what i was doing that time uh so i i just wanted to uh you know pass out with a good job from campus and you know that was pretty much my aspiration back then so when i joined cisco uh i saw the tech industry first and uh in college we always used to have you know btech projects and for the first time i moved from a project based outlook to a product based outlook because a lot of things that you do not do in a project are things that you need to take into account while you're building products so uh, you know that was the first expo- uh, exposure that i had with respect to how a product development life cycle works and uh, you know i i always wanted to move into the good stuff uh, you know i wanted to get into uh, you know getting my hands dirty with building products i i took a software development role in cisco i made an internal switch and uh, you know i started off uh, with uh, building uh, driver and os level components for so layer 2 and layer 3 networking devices so i initially you know even in my nascency during cisco i was uh, you know even when i moved into product development i was just in the impression that you know i was told that you know this is what you need to build and i always used to go into the what i need to do to build it part and you know i i used to think okay if i need to build this particular feature these are the libraries that i need to write this is what i need to do and uh, you know this is how i'm going to structure my entire code base the why part started coming in when you know uh on one of my day to day basis i realized that you know once you were building an os image loading that on a router was very very difficult i you know built out a script myself which automated this entire process and that is the first time i took an initiative through the why part of the journey you know why should i be building something so that was i didn't know what product management meant back then uh it was just something that i needed and i you know just uh, built it out of a sheer need and you know when i started seeing adoption across uh, you know my uh, entire cohort of uh, you know peers in my cisco team i then started realizing that uh, you know these things actually do have value you know asking the why is equally impart- important as you know delving into the what uh, you need to do part of things so 
I, I, you know, uh, unknowingly, I, you know, just that was my first exposure into product management. Uh, then after Cisco, when I went into ISB, uh, that is when I got introduced to the real term product management. I had a lot of peers in my batch uh, who were product managers even before coming to ISB. And uh, that is when, uh, you know, I started understanding more about this particular function. And I was able to relate this to my previous experiences of, you know, the why part of, you know, uh, my, uh, whatever I just mentioned back then. So to understand more about the function, I started uh, delving into a lot of case comps and, you know, somewhere, you know, during my uh, entire MBA stint, that is when I realized, all right, this is what I want to do. I just want to build products and I want to make sure that, uh, you know, people start using them at a mass scale. So I, I started preparing for product management interviews, uh, got into Geo. And, uh, you know, when I got into Geo, we were the real sense of the first COVID batch. We uh, graduated in March 2020 when the pandemic right. was just about to hit in. And, uh, you know, uh, we had an option of choosing multiple teams. And then I just thought, OK, why not go into healthcare? Because, you know, the, there was a global pandemic starting it, and it was unlike anything any of us had ever seen. So I thought, you know, working for a healthcare uh, vertical was working for it was like working for Paytm during demonetization. So uh, I, I took up the healthcare vertical. Geo was just starting to, you know, get warm into the healthcare space. Uh, I started working initially onto the doctor and patient video consult piece, but uh, you know, I wanted to go into something more zero to one, even in the healthcare vertical. And I also wanted to make sure that you know whatever I learned in my bachelor's degree, which was in EC, that was also put into good use when I came into the product management function. So uh, I, I spoke to my seniors, got to know that there was a healthcare IoT wing, which was, you know, something that Geo was planning. They wanted to integrate their, uh, you know, healthcare app with a lot of IoT devices. So data pipelines could be built and all the data coming in from multiple devices would actually be mapped to a single patient through a single ID. So I thought that, you know, this was a great challenge. Uh, IoT was also something that was red hot. I mean, it is still red hot, but uh, I thought it's a great challenge. And, uh, you know, I took that challenge up. Uh, we piloted a lot of devices. I mean, there was a time uh, where I had so many device, healthcare devices in my room that, you know, even my parents used to come and ask that, you know, what are you exactly doing? I mean, you have more healthcare devices than a doctor should be having in his chamber. But we piloted a lot of devices. Uh, we tested out a lot of things. Uh, we, we saw what could potentially hit the market, what could be the positioning of the devices we are getting. And uh, towards the end of my stint, uh, I was able to, you know, give a green signal to around four devices where I thought that, you know, these have a good potential application with respect to the demography of India. Uh, and they had a very sizable positioning with respect to the market size as well. So when I, uh, you know, during the end of uh, my stint at Geo, I started to feel that, you know, startup ecosystem is, you know, really starting to heat up. Uh, we, we used to see during 2021, a lot of funding frenzy, if that's the right way to put it, you know, people were having a lot of valuations, there was a lot going on. And I felt that, you know, since both my uh, stints across my, uh, you know, career were into MNC, Cisco and Geo, I wanted to get into a more, uh, uh, a slightly early stage startup, you know, which found had found a product market fit, but you know was looking to upscale and really hit mass market. So Innovacer happened uh, back then. I did not want to change verticals, so I, I wanted to be into healthcare back then, and uh, Innovacer just started to happen. Uh, you know, things worked out in my favor. I moved from a PM to a senior PM role as well. 
So uh, this this is something I believe that happens in a lot of startups when you know they hire you for a position A, and if they feel that you know you are uh, better suited for a better position in that vertical or a parallel position in their org, they they really help you with that. So Innovator happened, and at Innovator I am currently responsible uh, for the care management vertical uh, at Innovator. I I basically take care of an entire product uh, end to end here. Which is responsible for care management across US based ACOs. So yeah, that's that's pretty much my journey. Okay, wow, that that's really wonderful. I think uh, we've got a real good clear picture on you know each of your moves, whether they were lateral, whether they were shifts from one industry to like you know one role to another as well. So yes. um, a lot of our listeners are also kind of unsure on how to pivot to different roles. So um, to pivot into a product manager. What was that one nudge that you had, which pushed you towards, you know, saying that yes, product management is the thing for me. Right. So uh, at ISV, even I was, uh, you know, equally confused. You have so many options that you can get into that, you know, sometimes you feel ki ye lagta hai. Sometimes you feel that, you know, this is a good vertical. So to explore myself further, I started signing up for as many case comps as I could. And you know, as many as I could manage, you know, workload at ISV is pretty intense. So I I started getting into a lot of case comps. Uh, a lot of them were uh, you know product ideation based. A lot of them were go to market strategy based. A lot of them were you know repositioning and marketing based. So in one of my product competitions, uh, you know, the problem statement was around uh, you know building a user journey for drones to deliver end to end for uh, you know uh, last mile delivery companies so the problem statement was such and uh, i remember this was in between uh, two terms that you know we had just finished uh, an end term for some i think either term 2 or term 3 and uh, you know we had our term break when i had started really getting my uh, you know feet sunk into this problem statement and i had gone so deep into it i used to you know go into the library i used to read a lot about what drones are what are the laws what can we do within the law what is something that is still not permissible what is a limitation because of the nascency of the industry and with that how could we put across a user journey end to end that really solves a problem so a lot of times in product management i realize that you know even in my early stage uh, product competitions we start off with a problem statement but the solution that we put really doesn't attack the nucleus of the problem and this is when i was because i had nothing else to do between two terms i could really be thinking and you know playing devil's advocate to every hypothesis i could have on my own i had a great team who was working on this along with me as well and that is when i realized that all right you know solving problems and really thinking in terms of first principles can be very simple as well as very challenging at the same time and uh that's when i realized that uh, you know i don't want to be uh somebody who is across verticals i want to get into one vertical at one point in time and solve problems a lot of problems can be solved even without building products but solving the problem and building hypothesis around it is what essentially product management is and this was this one case comp between these two terms which was an exact nudge that you know i this is what i want to do after i All right, so I think that was like a sort of defining moment in your journey, uh, which Absolutely. sort of uh, put you into the right 
frame and thinking as well. So um, you just mentioned a few minutes back that, you know, when you joined uh, Cisco, you changed your outlook from a project outlook to a product outlook. So um, when trying to decide whether product management is the right job for someone, there are a lot of similar sounding roles like product management, project management, and program management. Uh, mm-hmm. So could you tell us a little bit about what are the differences on these at a basic level or, or at a skill set level? Got it. Uh, so I think, Ruchira, that's a great question. Uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, because of the acronym being exactly the same, uh, PM, uh, people do have a lot a, a lot of confusion when it comes to, you know, product versus project versus program management. So I'll first delve into the uh, differences between product and project management. In product management, uh, you basically take care of a product. The product in today's day, I mean, in, in most cases is generally a software product, it can either be a mobile app or, uh, you know, it can be, uh, you know, a web app or uh, it can be, it can have any form of, uh, you know, any form as per a product, but you take care of the product, you take care of what are the features you need to add, what is it that you need to build, you you connect problem to a solution and you, you, you are spanning across engineers, designers and QA and, you know, even a lot of sales folks to take a lot of user interviews. And you basically, in product management, you decide what to build because of, you know, certain problem statements. So when it comes to project management, the, you know, it's one thing that, you know, you decide what to build. Uh, the second part of it is really getting into that phase where, you know, you can get it built out. Because in my experience, the first product that I had ever shipped out, uh, I had realized that it can get messy very very easily unless and until you know you have very strong processes and very good documentation so project management basically takes care of that part where you know you have a project and you're looking to get things executed product management is deciding what to get executed and you know uh, project management is basically how to get it executed that is a very crude and very simple way of putting it. So these are the main, you know, from a 90,000 feet overview, this is the difference between a product and a project management. Coming to program management, uh, you know, I will, you know, would like to point out that a lot of companies like even Microsoft, uh, they use program manager and product manager interchangeably. So that can be, you know, it depends from company to company, very few companies do that, but program management with, you know, a dictionary definition basically, means that, you know, you might be having, it's a super set of project management. You might be having different projects in a particular program and you oversee all the projects uh, and you make sure that, you know, everything is going around seamlessly. So that's what, you know, a product versus project versus program outlook basically means. Okay, I think that was really clarifying. I think like it it breaks down that one acronym, as you said, PM into the three different roles that it actually right. encompasses. Right. So um, you talked a little bit about the skills that are required for the product management, the program management and project management. But mm-hmm. in your opinion, what is the most important uh, personality trait or strength that someone would need to work in your role that is that of a product manager? Oh, I think the most important skill undoubtedly becomes influence because, uh, you know, product management as a vertical is, uh, you know, you don't have too many direct reportees to you. I mean, all engineers report to an EM or designers report to a design manager. But since you decide on, you know, what should be built and what should not be built, you have to speak to a lot of people. And in product management, I've realized that, you know, you say more 
uh, you say you give the answer of a no more often than you give an answer to a yes because you know there's a lot of noise uh, and the signal is very very weak so getting the signal out of the noise becomes very critical and a lot of people have different opinions uh, the power to influence without authority becomes very critical because people don't report to you directly but you need to have very strong data and logic based arguments that you know this is what i'm proposing and this is why i think this should work and in order to validate what i need to do we can do a sort of an ab test or we could you know we can roll it out to a smaller subset this is the metric which we would need to track and if it crosses beyond this threshold then i would consider this uh, you know product a success and then we can go ahead and build it out for the masses so you have to be this structured when you speak to people across different verticals because you know the people you speak to know more than you in each of these verticals but you still need to have that influence and that data to uh, you know back whatever you're saying with uh, with respect to you know what should get built okay i think that was a really valuable uh, insight i think i'm going to take that away from uh, this conversation you know to the power to influence without authority i think that's right. a really valuable skill set that you just talked about um ashwin that brings me to my next question which is that in your job as a product manager you communicate with multiple uh, diverse teams the engineering team a developers team a marketing team so how mm-hmm. do you build your knowledge to communicate with these different teams in their lingo right so i think uh, you know there are various ways you can do it and i don't think there is a one size fits all solution to this problem i think uh, this this problem has multiple solutions and everybody has a different way of you know getting around this so what really works for me at the moment is that uh, i i speak to a lot of people i mean i i really speak a lot to my uh, engineering and uh, design managers and one thing which i've realized is that uh, you know don't be shy of asking questions even if your questions sound very very crude you just ask even if it's the most basic concept you can ask as to you know what is this and why are you taking this approach and they will be more than happy to you know answer these questions because you know your entire team should be working towards the same goal of getting mass adoption so they will be more than happy in ask answering these questions that you ask and in your free time you take these notes and you start reading about it a lot internet is having a lot of articles with respect to this subscribe to some really good blogs twitter is once again a very very good way to understand things that are going on in the industry so i i speak to a lot of people in my team you know even who are not in my team and who who are heading out parallel teams i make it a point that i at least sync up with them you know at some interval within uh, you know so that i can understand what they are doing have some kind of a cadence and then read about what they are doing in my free time so that i can build upon my knowledge so that the next time i have to you know work on a problem statement that is something that does not remain new to me anymore right so when you talk about you know sort of building notes and uh, reading and learning to keep yourself abreast of what is going on in each kind mm-hmm. of vertical um that brings me to my next question which is in your calendar what does a typical day as a senior product manager look like <laughs> so i think uh, you know uh, my day generally starts off uh, with a lot of emails uh, so uh, i was at geo i was a b2c pm and at innovator it's mostly b2b so you know the first bucket of your day generally starts off with understanding what your product is doing and how it is doing so in a b2b space you end up having a lot of emails and a lot of jira tickets with respect to customer escalations or you know something that uh, uh, something that's a feedback that came across through a last release and in b2c you start off with your dashboards 
and you see the various metrics of you know uh, uh, either a one month or a three month or a six month horizon and try to dissect the data and generate insights so the first bucket of my day generally starts off with you know trying to generate actionable insights from you know how my product is performing and you know whether every hypothesis that i have been building out across different sprints uh, where is it with respect to my validation phase uh, the second part of uh, you know my day is basically speaking to my teams uh, you know attending a lot of standups uh, syncing up with my engineering and design teams and uh, making sure that uh, you know we are adhering to our sprint roadmaps and our quarter based roadmaps and uh, the the, rem- the remaining half of my day then generally goes across you know brainstorming a lot of things so when in my outlook i generally follow an n plus 2 based approach and what i mean by that is you know if my engineering is working on sprint zero for example right now it's sprint zero i make sure that my design team is working on sprint one based things which things which my engineering team will pick up in sprint one and i work and i brainstorm on sprint two based things which my design team could pick up in the next sprint so at one point in time i need to have an overview of three sprints parallelly so the third half of half of my day basically work you know goes on based on what happens in sprint one and two the standups take care of the sprint zero part but one and two is where the rest of my day goes by and since you know uh, we have a lot of customers in the states the last half of my day corresponds to the morning in the states and in my last half of the day i speak to a lot of customers and you know in case we've rolled out a feature i give them my demos during that half of the day or you know if there's some feedback or some usage based uh, you know feedback that i need to clarify with customers that is something that i take care of with my remaining in the remaining half of my day all right so that sounds like a really a uh, filled day i would say but um, <laughs> yes. uh, when a lot of students are you know thinking about whether product management is for them along with uh, knowing exactly what a product manager does as we've already discussed one question i've seen among a lot of students is that if you don't have a background in technology uh, or you don't have knowledge of coding is product management even a possibility oh i think uh, you know knowledge of coding is a good to have it's not at all a must have i mean uh, i i used to be a developer back in the day but i don't remember the last time i had seen code on my side i mean i uh, i would love to code i mean i i really love the aspect of you know writing a program or writing a piece of code and seeing work seeing it work exactly the way you want it to work so that's that's really fulfilling but you know with where i am in my career right now i generally don't spend time with respect to code and uh you know a lot of pms who i have seen from isb don't have a background with respect to uh coding um you need to understand the basics as to you know if you are building this uh you know these are the things that you need to work on you don't necessarily know how to build them but you need to know that these are the steps i need to follow if i am looking at feature a i need these many apis i need to make sure that you know this is the change i make in my schema and this is the amount of time i need to keep for my front end engineering so uh this basic amount of technology is something that you need to know but you don't need to understand you know the nooks uh, of how code works and you know how you get uh you know how you have to write things on your own and you know how much effort uh, you know what you need to do with respect to getting things working uh, so you just basically need to know that you know these are the three things i need to make work and you know you speak to your ems and he will help you or she will help you in taking these estimates getting it built out and you just need to have an oversight of where each of these are with respect to the estimates that you receive so 
it helps. I am not saying that it doesn't help, but uh, even if you don't have it, that doesn't mean that you can't become a product manager. Uh, some of our, uh, some of my really, really very, very sharp peers from ISV uh, who've uh, delved into product management do not have a background in uh, you know development. Okay, I think that would sort of uh, set a lot of our listeners at ease to hear your answer. <laughs> um, so my, that brings me to my next question, which is that uh, how can an MBA student sort of plan their roadmap to land a product management role? Okay, so the first thing is, you know, really deciding uh, whether you want to get into product management. Uh, you know, a lot of people have reached out to me and I have seen that it's a very, very common practice, not just at ISP, but across these schools because, you know, placement tends to get a little stressful. They have poor versions of their resume. If this is a PM role, this is the resume I'm going to put across. If it's a genman role, this is the resume I'm going to uh, send to the folks who are, uh, you know, putting out genman roles. For, and similarly, they have it for other verticals like consulting, etc. So the first thing I would want you to do is that, you know, if you are having this kind of an outlook where, uh, you know, I'll, I'll see what works out, then you will not be able to get your hands fully deep into product management preparation. The first step, I think, really starts with being laser focused on, you know, getting into product management. It's good to have backups. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have backups, but, you know, if your focus is product management, your, uh, you know, if you're having 100% of the time as your bandwidth, 80% should go into product management. That is the level of commitment you need because cracking these interviews is uh, not easy. There's not a single framework that comes across. They can ask you, a very diverse set of questions. So once you decide you want to get into product management and you're very, very sure uh, that, you know, this is what you want to do. The second step is, you know, there are a lot of frameworks that you need to get yourself accustomed to. So product design questions have a lot of different frameworks. Prioritization have a lot of different frameworks. Uh, Go-to-market strategies and adoption and metrics have a lot of different frameworks. So the second step is basically understanding a lot of these frameworks and making, you know, mapping them to if this is the kind of case which I'll be getting, th these are the product frameworks I could use. There are hundreds and hundreds of frameworks, but you need to identify the ones that work for you in most cases. There will be outliers, but you need to have, uh, you know, at least 80 to 90% coverage with respect to the question. You need to have some kind of framework that attacks all the different sorts of questions that come into interviews. Once you have these frameworks right in place, uh, you know which frameworks you want to use. Then the third step in this becomes you know, really practicing the application of these frameworks. So I, I mean, I'll, I'll put it into uh, practice that circles is a very common framework that, uh, you know, people use across their interviews and people know the framework by heart. They know each of these different steps, but application becomes so difficult with respect to the different questions that come in. You know, if it's a question like, you know, build a feature for Spotify, uh, you, you first clarify the goals, the application of circles becomes very different versus, uh, you know, if you have a question that, you know, YouTube engagement is going down and what you would you build to, you know, regenerate that engagement. So the application becomes very, very different. So you should then start focusing on how you should be applying these frameworks for different sort of questions, because that's when you start developing a very structure based approach. And at the same time, you don't become too structured that, you know, it becomes very obvious to the interviewer that, okay, this guy is just simply trying to fit in a circles based framework. So application becomes a very, very critical piece. And, you know, what really worked for me in building an application for these different frameworks is I did a lot of product teardowns. I, I used to, uh, you know, catch hold of one vertical, for example, if it's video and OTT, I, I, I worked on teardowns for YouTube. I worked on for teardowns on Netflix, what I like, what I dislike, 
these are the features that i can uh, you know which are missing in netflix so if this is my segment and this is my goal this is the feature that i can build so these kind of tear downs for a lot of different verticals was something i did i did it for swiggy versus zomato i did it for ott uh, and the video i just mentioned netflix and it's very essential that you know you have a lot of hands down practice so uh, people tend to do a lot of cases with their peers even i had done a lot of cases but i felt that tear downs was that defining moment that helped me understand the application of these frameworks very very clearly so uh, that is something that comes in the third step uh, you know product based uh, uh, you know case breakdown and you know peer to peer case practices the last step that you uh, you know get on doing with this and something that spans across you know all these four steps is uh, you know it does not fall into step a b c d it spans across step a to d i mean you really need to keep on continuously working to improve your resume because there's no end to how you can really improve it what would somebody want to see what would somebody not want to see and uh, you know look at the job description try to see uh, whether uh, you know this fits into the job description exactly so resume building is a continuous process that goes along with step a to d absolutely i think that would provide a lot of clarity because a lot of times i think that people get so caught up in the you know preparing for the interviews they miss out preparing the resume which is actually the initial yes. and in my opinion the toughest hurdle because you have the maximum number of competition you know at that oh, resume step absolutely i think you know in my opinion getting your resume shortlisted is far more difficult than you know cracking a pm interview because you know uh, before you go for an interview it's just a piece of paper that defines you you don't even have face time so once your resume is shortlisted you already have a foot through the door and then it really boils down to how solidly you prepared for your pm interviews and i think everybody puts in their best efforts to prepare for pm interviews so getting your resume even if you've done your due diligence and you've prepared really hard but your resume is not shortlisted that really won't be of any help because you didn't end up getting face time at the end absolutely i think that's a very important uh, take away from what you just said now uh, uh, now ashmit it's one thing to have got the job but it also takes a lot to succeed and move up the ladder like you already have so what would be your sort of tips to progressing in the career of a product manager oh i think uh, that's a great question duchira so uh, i mean to progress i mean i'll i'll put it this way product management has a very different uh life cycle i mean you have different buckets of roles you have associate product manager roles you have product manager roles then you have senior pm roles then you have associate director director vp and then finally cpo so somebody who is starting their career into product management i mean associate pm roles and pm uh, roles initial pm roles so i'll put it up like this as well i mean a lot of companies have different levels of associate pms pm roles as well i mean you go to any linkedin profile and you see that somebody says that i'm a pm1 versus somebody says that i'm a pm2 and you know these kind of segmentation buckets are there across all the different verticals that i just mentioned in product management so i think when somebody is really starting their career uh, they should start focusing on thinking it with respect to first principles and uh, you know companies have different outlook i mean i was lucky to you know jump the bandwagon of associate pm i didn't have any pm experience but you know i i was able to get into a pm1 role at geo where you know they thought that i could directly get into the pm vertical because of my background in development so i think uh, you know you need to see uh, the company that is recruiting a lot of companies are headstrong that you know if you don't have you need to start from an associate pm so wherever you start i mean that depends on the company where you are interviewing wherever you start you really need to start 
talking to a lot of people uh you know understanding the nuances of the company understanding the culture of the company the why part of the decision becomes very very important and you keep on questioning the why i mean that's equally important there is one thing called knowing the why and this one thing called questioning the why you know you keep on challenging the why i know it's like playing with devil's advocate but you know you you make your reasoning as strong as you know as as many corner cases you are able to come out with so you speak to a lot of people uh, you know start questioning the why get to know them start working with them and you know once you have enough visibility and you've made sizable impact with respect to what you've shipped and the metrics that you were able to move then you move on from an associate pm to a pm to a senior pm and after a senior pm you know i i am not an associate director yet but i think uh, this this is the part where it becomes really tricky because you know you when you are at a associate and a pm role there is just one feature or one bucket of features that you are handling but the moment you start going up with respect to seniority you need to have a broader horizon you can't have a ground level view on a lot of things you need to oversee a lot of things and that is when you should be having the skill of you know speaking to somebody if you're speaking to somebody for say 10 minutes in that 10 minutes you should be at least knowing 50 to 60% of what that person is knowing your questions should be that pointed so a skill which uh, you know takes you from a senior pm to an associate pm role uh, uh, associate director role is asking the right questions so uh, that is what you know takes you from this ladder uh, uh, you know from a senior pm to the upper leadership role is what i think okay i think uh, again i think our listeners will have a lot of takeaways from each of the questions that you've had today <laughs> and uh, my final question in the knowledge nugget segment is what would be your advice to someone like me who is who has just started out the mba and is still exploring different career paths okay so my only advice is uh, you know explore as hard as you can you know have an end date in mind that you know for example you are right now in june uh, till october or november be very you know be very very open i mean i'm not saying that you know other roles uh, do not deserve due diligence be very open do as many case comps as possible talk to as many people as possible i mean isd is a very very diverse cohort talk to as many people as possible understand their previous roles understand their career projections and try doing a case comp for each of these verticals that is when you will realize ki ha yaar isme maza aa raha hai isme maza nahi aa raha so once you start doing that and then you are able to you know narrow down on you know one or two verticals where you really think that uh, you know you should be getting into this that is when and since you've already done a lot of case comps your prep indirectly has already started then you start getting into the final level of prep of you know converting your interviews and you know building your resume so my i mean to put it uh, you know in a single sentence be very open minded and speak to a lot of people and do a lot of case comps i mean that is what is going to give you a very very good breadth of the various roles that you can have uh, when you are at your b school program absolutely i think that would allow us to sort of understand to sort of get a little quick insight into each of the different industries through these case comps and sort of get a little better clarity in terms of what we are looking for as well absolutely so uh, thank you so much ashmit for the knowledge nugget segment now if you're ready we'll move into the network and five rapid fire questions okay all right So the first one is if you could live anywhere in the world where would it be mm. Bangalore I think I mean I I I mean and I have a bias because you know I was in Bangalore before ISB and I had my best moments back there so I think Bangalore is All the right. answer I would give All right so uh, what is an underrated tool in your workplace that is indispensable for your job 
I think confluence, uh, you know, uh, the reason why I say it's underrated is because people don't understand the importance of good documentation and, you know, confluence really, uh, the way it's integrated with Jira, I think, uh, you know, it, it really starts and it, it really helps you connect a lot of things, connect a lot of code bases and sort of thing, put things all together. So people don't use that uh, very often, but, you know, I think it's very, very underrated and has a lot of potential. Okay. Um, my next question is, if you could start your own business tomorrow, what would it be and why? Oh, okay. Uh, I think uh, I would get into edtech. Uh, the answer is very simple uh, because uh, education is due for a reform for a very long time. Uh, you know, people who are looking for a change uh, with respect to the incumbent right now. Uh, the second thing is infrastructure issues are solved. You know, once US come in internet penetration, in India as at an all-time high. And the third thing is, I think people do have an ability to pay uh, for these kind of services. People are far more open to getting educated digitally right now. So when you are having this kind of a market, when people are looking for a change in the incumbent, uh, infrastructure is not a problem and people have an ability to pay. I think that's golden triangle uh, that people should really, I mean, I at least am really intrigued by the possibilities that it can unlock. Absolutely agree with that. Um, what is one movie that you would recommend to my audience? I think I would recommend Moneyball uh, because uh, uh, there was a scene wherein Brad Pitt was very, very insistent that what is the problem? And he does not start getting into that we need this player, we need that player. He really breaks the problem down into its biggest granularities and you know he really breaks the problem down really well. And, you know, given that all our people, uh, all the, uh, everybody who is listening to the podcast right now is in the same space right now. So I think that's a very, very important scene. And that had a lot of impact when I had seen the movie. Okay. I think that uh, that will be the next, you know, most streamed movie for my listeners for sure. <laughs> and the final question to you is, if you could be remembered for one thing, what would that be? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh I, I love playing the piano. So, you know, uh, I mean, when whenever I was in uh, undergrad or postgrad, I, I have played a lot on stage. So people remember me a lot uh, through my moments with the piano on the stage. So I think that would be my answer here. Okay, that's a very lovely answer. And uh, with that, we come to the end of today's interview. Thank you so much, Ashmit, for answering our questions in such detail and with such enthusiasm. It's been a pleasure having you here. Likewise, Ruchira. And thank you so much for having me. Thanks once again.